Okay. Where are we at here? How are we doing? And we are... What are we? Are we live? Am I here yet? I am here. Now. Sick. Sick. Tonight's a beautiful night. Nice and cool outside here in uh, wonderful southern Ontario. Uh, stood outside for a few minutes and then came inside because, you know, not a whole lot of space outside to do much. Anyway, uh, good evening, everyone. It is uh, May 27th, um, 2020, I think. Uh, we are uh, <laughs> still hard at work, still locked down at home. Um, but, you know, promising news for the area in Ontario in which I live. Things are kind of hopefully slowing down a bit, but not out of the woods yet. Anyway, good evening. Uh, been very busy. Uh, shot a video today, so forgive me if I'm a little bit hoarse. Uh, or if I cut this a little bit shorter than usual, but, uh, had to film one today. Uh, which was a good one. I think it's going to turn out really good. And then there's one uh, for McKean's people coming out tomorrow. Uh, so two days after that is out. The rest of you will uh, get to see it. It's also another good one. I mean, they're all good. They're all excellent. But fun ones, I guess you could say. Because some guys, you know, aren't as fun as others for various reasons. But I love it anyway. It's all for, it's all for good. It's all good. Anyway, hope you're all well. Uh, and, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's dive into this queue here, because it's already kind of long. I, I was kind of blown away that there was, like, 18 of you sitting and waiting for me to show up, and yet, here I am, late. Um, but, whatever. Sometimes you gotta do other stuff, and, um, again, I forgot to plug my microphone in right when I was ready to go live, so that would have been sad. Anyway, welcome. Um, okay, let's start from the top. Uh, Luca, Luca, dri driving the bus right off the bat. Welcome. Uh, hey, Will, I wanted to know what your thoughts on the line that consists of Afanasiev, Foodie, and Johnston. Uh, Igor and Wyatt display good chemistry, and I wanted to know if adding Foodie with that speed would be a good idea. Thanks. Okay, uh, I'm not, I, I can't say I know too much about Wyatt Johnston, uh, but I did... Uh, so full disclosure, if you're a patron, you already have this video, but the next one coming out after Marco Rossi is Jean-Luc Foudy, uh, so there's a lot more going on in that one. Um, so I think that definitely the big thing, I do bring it up in the video, um, and this is all I'll say to spoil it, but the, I do say in the video that Jean-Luc Foudy on another team would be very different. Uh, most of the time he was playing with guys like Curtis Douglas, uh, Will Cooley, uh, Tyler Angle was a guy he played with a lot, but even he, he, he's a good junior player, but, um, that wasn't very common. I think there was one game I saw where he was playing with Tyler Angle and in the other six, you know, he was pasted to Will Cooley and stuff. And it felt like there weren't very many guys that could keep up with him or finish what he started. Uh, cause I'm a big fan of Jean-Luc Foudy. I'm a truther. Um, but I don't, I mean, obviously not like top 20 kind of remarkable truther, but I think that there's a chance that at the end of, of the development cycle for these guys that we look back at Jean-Luc Foudy as either a bust if a team takes a chance on him early or uh, one of the top, I'd say, 20 guys to come out of this draft in terms of what he does really well. Um, but there's a ways to go before that even happens. Like, he's a guy who I'd have no problem in the OHL for another two years than a year in the AHL or something to, to go from there. But, uh, you know, and that's being conservative, but... Um, that's kind of the vibe that I get from that profile. 
But you're right. Like, moving him to some other group of players would be very interesting. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think Afanasia playing more with him might have helped, but I didn't see a, a ton. Um, Alex Smith. Hello, Alex. Always like the name Alex. Howdy, howdy. Howdy to you as well. Uh, what about Benjamin Baumgartner stands out to you? He's a 20-year-old guy, and I see you're a fan. Yeah, so he's one of the other overagers that I actually have ranked. Um, and the more I track him, the more I like him. And the good thing about Baumgartner is that he's already playing pro. Uh, he is, you know, pretty unheralded. If you can get him late in the draft... He's already further along in his development, and he has a proven track record against men. Like, if I had a kid who I had drafted two years ago playing in the Swiss in the Swiss Pro League and had almost, you know, not almost, but close to a point per game, uh, I'd be pretty happy about that with a 20-year-old. Uh, the thing I love about Baumgartner is he's creative offensively, he's got really good skill, he's clearly taken a step in terms of uh, his ability to drive play at 5-on-5, push his play up the ice, um, you know, quick but not extremely fast i would say he is you know he he knows how to move around the ice but he's not the fastest guy in the world he just seems to anticipate play in open ice really really well um drives a lot of good results uh you know offensively especially and i think he can make make play really really dangerous his playmaking is remarkable uh for for his reputation i think that people aren't really looking at him as you know a great option but i think that you know i have him ranked in the in the sort of mid rounds and if he's available late uh i absolutely take a look at uh you know as a as a sort of low risk thing because you've seen him do it and from what i've tracked he's driving the bus a lot like he's not you know just standing in open ice and shooting bucks into the back of the net with two really talented line mates he's doing a lot of good things um i need to do a full game uh set of data on him so uh, more on him later, I guess, but he's a he's a good player uh, playing pro in Switzerland, and I think that what he's done in Switzerland is legit for him, not just a, a kid having a good pro year, uh, you know, and I, I wouldn't draft him super high, but later on, certainly I would take the chance on him because you know what you're getting more out of him than, than maybe some more riskier picks later on. Uh, okay, Ryan, in two years, we've seen three Cole Perfettis, 37 goals, 37 assists, eight goals, four assists tournament, and this year's 37-74. Which do you see him being? Uh, well, uh, I won't say too much about him, uh, but but the thing about Cole Perfetti is that it could be any of those things. I know that's a stupid answer, but I think that, you know, he's, I think, got the potential to be just as good of a goal scorer as he is an assist generator. He's a really, really smart playmaker, not constantly pushing chances in front of the net constantly that are aimless, but he seems to do it with purpose. Really clever with his skill and, and his shot is remarkable. You know, like I think that at the NHL level, he might be a guy that maybe breaks 30 goals, uh, but maybe puts up like 30, 50 in a, go in a really good year for him. Like 30 goals, 50 assists, you know, uh, maybe more like a 25, 55 kind of range. You know, I really like him though, and in offensive in an offensive sense, I think he, you know, could have good years where he goes beyond that point per game pace. But I don't know how. That's really hard to do, uh, and and I think that there are some things about his game that might hold him back. But in terms of him being a goal scorer, I I wouldn't label him as such, and I also wouldn't label him as a playmaker. He's kind of a good mix of both. Uh, like if you look at offensive threat, the the metric that I track, which is. Uh, combining dangerous passes per 60 um 
high high danger shot attempts taken by the player in low danger or sorry medium danger and adding all those numbers together perfetti is in his range i think he's sixth on my list entirely uh i'd have to double check i'll pull up that uh briefly but um he basically you know most guys generally push more dangerous pass attempts than anything some guys are more around 50 percent. someone like lucas reichel is more like a 30 percent. so 70 percent of that metric comes from shooting perfetti's around 46 percent, so he's closer to even with a bit more of the shooting side of it uh and with the amount of times he was shooting the puck then maybe he could be more of a goal scorer down the road but i certainly think that you know being more of an assist generator as well as having goal scoring ability is more likely in the cards i don't see him as one or the other personally and that's not me just saying i don't know what he's gonna be it's like he has the talent to to be both from what i've seen uh mathis hey will every year there's a curveball thrown at us in the top 10 who do you think uh shocks the mainstream media this year to go in the top 10 well last year the two in the top 10 that kind of surprised everyone were defensemen uh and i think that it's only happened once in the last 15 years or so where one defenseman has gone in the top 10 so drysdale will be gone probably top five if i'm a betting man sanderson probably will be the next guy off the board uh and i don't think it'll take very long after drysdale goes off the board not a decision i would make uh personally but there are teams that probably will. Uh, I also think that there's a chance that teams look at someone like Braden Schneider, you know, and completely blows the doors off of what everyone's expecting to happen. Uh, Caden Gooley might be one, but I think Braden Schneider has this reputation that kind of precedes him. Uh, again, not at all something I would do, but I get the feeling that that's a guy who, if you really want to blow people's minds, uh, that's a guy that you go for that you know that's what you asked for you wanted something that would shock people i don't think sanderson in the top 10 shocks people anymore um but but i would say someone like Braden schneider he was at world junior camp you know he was at the under 18s last year and had a pretty good tournament you know he's not a bad player defense is pretty light in this year's draft pretty much and i think he's he's a guy who maybe a team thinks they're going to galaxy brain into the top 10 maybe um the other ones you mentioned are kind of it wouldn't shock me to see a team do that and just kind of bet on the trajectory continuing to go up as this, if the season were to have finished. Francis Bebo, the NHL should have canceled the season and playoff of the 2020 season just like and start the season in September like the KHL will start in September in the NHL. Well, maybe, but they didn't. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm more curious to see what this will do to not next season, but the year after. I have no idea how that's going to work, but that's a lot of hockey to cram into 12 months. Uh, anyway, whatever. They they didn't do it. Uh, I've seen Vasily Ponomaryev uh, ranked everywhere from late first to early third round. Why is he so polarizing? I don't know. I, I don't see what people see that puts him in the first round. He's smart, uh, really low-key, works hard, though. Um, good skill, like good all around, but I don't I don't think there's enough there for me to move him up the up a bunch of rungs on the ladder a tremendous amount i have him more back towards the second half of the second i think um let me pull him up uh i have him at yeah so just at the tail end of the second round into the third i i I just think that there's not much that that really bodes uh well with a ton of promise but i think the the skill he's got the work ethic and and he is a smart player in 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 open ice and in transition and just facilitating you know play moving up the ice i haven't tracked any games of his but i've seen him play a few times when i've been tracking maverick bork just to see what he's all about you know and i i just don't think i see enough he had a good world junior a but but that's just an international tournament and and in club play i i'm not as i'm not so sure about that 
what is your opinion on Connor McLennan? He got better as the year went on. Uh, probably a guy I have underrated. I've tracked a couple of games of his and have not been blown away. Uh, I think he's a guy who has really nice hands and a good shot on him and kind of gets away with that a lot in junior. And I think that projecting that long-term is tough. Uh, his numbers did improve quite significantly as the year went on, though. He was one of the more disappointing players in the first half for me, and in the back half he got better. Uh, but I still, uh, whenever I watch him play, I think that, you know, you take him hoping that a bunch of things develop into, into a pro-level, you know, style of player. In terms of his skill, though, it's great. Really good sort of offensive tools, but away from the puck defensively, uh, away from the puck in transition, his skating, just all those things that I think get exposed as you go up uh, up levels of hockey beyond junior, I think, I think might be tough uh, for him, at least in the short term. But he is young. He produces well, but uh, just not a guy that I'm like over the moon uh, about. I mean, I have him ranked relatively similar to, to the norm, um, but but again, not a guy I'm really going to bat for at the draft table unless it's like really late and he's just completely fallen off the planet, but I don't think that's going to happen. You know, I, there might be a rule for him in the NHL one day, uh, but I think that there's a few things that need to come a few steps. Um, so yeah. Keith, Keith's French fries. Hey, Will. Hope you and yours are well. We are trying to be. Uh, I've been trying to think of different ideas on how the CHL and NHL should handle draftees and go back to juniors and yada, yada, yada. So what if first-round NHL draftees are considered exceptional status players or sort of get an out clause we're going back to the junior? Yeah, I mean, that sounds like something that makes sense to me. I, I think the junior teams are overestimating the impact of losing a high-level player. It would suck, you know? Like, it sucks. But you usually have exciting draft picks you can lean into. Uh, you're not going to be losing a ton of your players to the AHL, I would say, uh, early in their careers, you know? Not very many guys are ready for the AHL, let alone the NHL when they're drafted. You know, someone like a Marco Rossi could be an AHL guy next year if he wanted to, but it sounds like if you... I'm not sure if he could because technically he was on loan to Ottawa, so he's leaving next year to go back to Europe. I don't know. Um, but it would make sense for him to not be in junior next year. Um, but, you know, maybe someone like a... You know, maybe Quentin Byfield would be a guy who could go to the AHL next year. I don't know. But it, it doesn't affect... It wouldn't affect a ton of guys. But I think, an ex, you know, sort of a reserve list of guys who are under 20 that would violate AHL rules normally going to the AHL instead uh, would be something that I think would be useful. Um, you would just need to be able to be sure that your player was ready to jump to pro hockey at 18 or 19 years old, which I don't know you know that depends on the player i guess but that that sounds like something that that would make sense um flight of the phoenix that's an interesting name hey will thanks for sharing these amazing thanks for all these amazing things you share they are things uh what do you think of landon slagger what kind of upside do you see in him low-key i really like landon slagger i think i don't i don't think i've seen enough of him to be really definitive but he's a guy who when i watch the ntdp play once in a while, he'll just do something, and I'm like, that's actually a really good play. That was really nice. This guy can kind of skate pretty well for someone, you know, with the reputation that he has. There's decent puck skill. Not sure if the the tools are all at a high enough level in terms of putting it all together and being a, 
you know, dynamic offensive player. But I like Landon Slager quite a lot. I mean, if he's if it's late in the draft and, and people seem to have forgotten about him, you know, I'm trying to remember names last year from the NTDP that people seem to have forgotten about. Um, Marshall Warren was one who went in like the sixth round. So if something like that happens to Slaggart, I could easily see him, you know, being a guy you take a swing on. I like him. Uh, but it's like, he's not a guy who I have a tremendous amount of data or background on. It's just a guy that with the NTDP uh, more often than I would normally expect, I go, this guy's doing some good stuff. So I I will be watching more of that team before the draft. Well, I mean, uh, if the draft's in September, I'll probably be seeing a lot more of every team out there, but, um, Slaggard is definitely up there with guys that I would, you know, kind of low key. I don't have him ranked, but, but low key just kind of just from my eyeballs a guy that that i've seemed to like whenever i've seen him uh heart of lad crap he's here again uh what are your thoughts on helga granz um yeah helga granz is an interesting one i think i need to see more of him i need to track more i think what's interesting about him is that people misinterpret what he is as a player just by looking at his numbers i think he's a pretty good defensive player like in in terms of using his skating which is solid and his stick you know he's really good in transition shutting down play defensively uh really smart puck mover not a ridiculously risk-taking kind of guy but knows how to get the puck to teammates and everything so in terms of a safe low risk defenseman you know if you have a couple of first round picks and you know you take some risks with those picks and you're in the second round and, and Granz is still available then I would easily take a look at him. I need to I need to finish the data set on him. I think he's not as good of an offensive producer as his numbers might indicate, but I think he's an underrated defensive player, you know, a good transition player, you know, one of these sort of rock-solid defensemen that just play defense and whatever points come out of it, come out of it. Um, at least at five-on-five. Five. Power play, he can quarterback that, and that's where a lot of his points come from, but... Uh, in, in general, I think Granz is a guy who, you know, with the club, you know, internationally, he hasn't been super impressive to me, but with his club, uh, he's been very, very reliable, uh, good puck movers, high pass percentage completion rate, um, and a, and a good defensive player, at least in transition. Uh, so uh, more on him later when I finish more data on him, but yeah, he's a good player. Uh, just not sure he's a first round defenseman that I would jump at. Alexander Payee. Hey, Will, just a quick question. Do you know where Seattle fits into the whole lottery system? I would assume they're going to give them the same odds as Vegas. I think it was the third highest odds. Um, I don't know. I figured that was fair for Vegas. Uh, Probably fair for another expansion team. Uh, What are your thoughts on Kevin Ball? You know, Kevin Ball's rare in the case that he's so big and has good skill for someone so big. I still have skepticism about his potential and long-term upside as a, as a premier NHL defenseman, but he'll play in the NHL. He's got the size. He can skate well enough for someone his size. He's got the skill. It's, it's better than most guys his size. I, I think if you play him in the AHL, sort of develop him slowly, uh, he, he could be really something. I think that some of the passing uh, from him can be questionable. Uh, the decision-making can be somewhat questionable, but he's a he's a good defenseman. I, I underrated him when he was draft eligible, to be honest, uh, but that was when I was younger and, and frankly, dumber. Um, and the skill that he has is definitely interesting, uh, and he's just a unique package, but I don't know how far that'll take him. And honestly, I'm curious to find out. I don't know, but I think he'll be an NHL player. I just don't think he's going to be a premier you know, top line, you know, you know, maybe a number four guy on your defense group, 
that you can chip in sort of at five on five, have him as a penalty killer, you know, pressure diffusion style defenseman who can just sort of play that responsible defensive game with good skill. And I don't think that's the end of the world. Uh, someone, Ray, Ryan just commented Brady Burns. Uh, Brady Burns, the uh, St. John Sea Dog. Uh, I, I like Brady Burns. I, I don't, that's really all I can say about him. I've seen him play a few times. He's got good mobility. He's he's agile on his feet. His production is good, uh, but not fantastic. I, I think he's just a guy that might get picked late and you just uh, kind of see what happens. I'd be curious to see him for another year before de- committing to drafting him. But again, like in the sixth or seventh round, you know, usually the guys that I really like are all gone. And Brady Burns is a guy who I think could be available around there that might be a guy that you just kind of take a flyer on. I, I like him, but again... If we're talking sixth, seventh round and someone like Benjamin Baumgartner is available, a guy who has had a couple of more years to develop, plays the same position, plays against men already, uh, and he's available, I'll probably pull the trigger on Baumgartner and let Burns play for another year and and, and maybe bring him to camp and see what he can do. Because I do like him. Um, good mobility, works hard on the ice most of the time. So yeah, I, I think he's a solid option. Um just just might be a guy that gets pushed out of the draft by virtue of some other guys that at least you know I, I, it's it's interesting i don't know how the how things will shake out but he's a he probably should get drafted but i wouldn't be surprised if he didn't um but i do i'm a fan of him uh what are your thoughts on the devil's prospect pool it's fine i don't have it pulled up right in front of me but generally it's fine um I, I think that, you know, they have some good pieces. The Taylor Hall trade got them some good pieces. Um, losing the picks from the Subban trade kind of stings this year, but that's not the end of the world. They have a lot of picks to work with, especially in the first round. Um, and it'll be interesting. It'll be really important to see who they come out of, uh, who they come out of the draft with this year. I have no idea who it's going to be, but it'll be interesting. Um, you know, Mike McLeod is a guy who I've always enjoyed watching, but again, figuring out that NHL profile is tough. Uh and yeah not sure um but in terms of their prospect pool i mean guys like jack hughes obviously is is one that everyone seems to you know love obviously nico heischer technically 2017 first overall pick but he's still very young like the 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 devils have really good pieces to work with but they still need more to sort of put it all together and i wasn't a huge fan of their draft last year um you know someone like a nikita okotiuk is a guy who i'm not a huge fan of uh but um they they could have a big draft this year and really improve that that pipeline of theirs because it's like okay but i wouldn't say it's like they're done their rebuild yet um drysdale's point potential do you see him being able to quarterback a power play uh i mean i don't see why not i don't see why he couldn't coordinate a power play he's got enough talent like i don't when people ask me about why i only track five on five it's because five on five is a really good way to gauge how a player plays and what they're good at because they'll play most of the most of their ice time at five on five. So when I see a player that shows a lot of talent that could project to my design of a power play, not that I'm an expert, but if I'm playing in my sandbox and I'm going, okay, I know how power plays ideally should should work, who do I you know, how do I fit a player onto that as a defenseman onto that onto that role and what role do they play or what forward role does the forward player talking about? And with Drysdale, I don't see any reason why he couldn't quarterback a power play. He's really good and mobile, you know, all four directions of the ice, north, south, east, west. Um, you know, he can walk the blue line really well. I don't see why he wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, monitors those defensive transitions really well. 
uh, if things go awry. Smart puck mover. He's able to move up into the offensive zone if there's space in front of him. So as long as someone goes and covers him, I don't see why it wouldn't work. It all just kind of fits naturally with his style of play. You know, he's a guy that I think might be like a 40, 50 point defenseman, you know, 50 once in a while. Um, but just a, a rock solid two-way guy who can produce offensively fine. Uh, as opposed to him being more of like that Roman Yossi type, Eric Carlson, Brent Burns sort of offensive, offensive, offensive type. I don't see that out of Drysdale, but a really rock solid two-way guy who can play on your power play, I think is more than reasonable. Um, not sure he's like a top pair, play 30 minutes a night style minutes eater, but definitely could be that with some improvements over the next couple of years. But reasonably, you know, using a top 10 pick on a guy who ends up as your number three defenseman, I would say, like reliable second pair right-hand guy who the puck runs through him when on, you know, when breaking it out, I think that's perfectly reasonable and, and not a bad thing at all. Uh, Estuardo, love that name, bud. Love it. Hey, Will, in previous drafts, there's, has there been a player who was scouted in consensus and having a low hockey IQ who drastically improved it over time and what could have helped him? I can't think of a specific example because I haven't been doing the video work long enough to really see that improve um, in a specific player. And I haven't seen enough of a player where I'm wondering what the hell they're doing. But I'll give you an example. So in terms of like hockey IQ... I don't like using that term personally. I try to identify what it is. Uh, I, I try to identify what it is that's going wrong for a player and maybe why. So someone like Shakir Mukamadulin is a guy that everyone loves to meme. Um, but I think people who meme and make jokes about him, myself partially included, kind of miss what people are betting on with him. And And there's nice raw talent his hands and his and his skating can be pretty good but he's a player who doesn't really have the awareness uh or the sort of wherewithal to be much of a competent defenseman like the 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 talent really isn't often the problem with him from what i've seen especially as the year went on but it's the decision making it is the giveaways the you know the lack of intensity on breakouts he's gifting transitions to opponents constantly um you know he's he's just not doing the things that i think defenders should be doing and you, you the the so the question then becomes how do you improve that how do you take the raw talent that he has and improve it and i think a lot of guys struggle to manipulate their own talent to use it as effectively as they can someone like an antonio Stranges has dropped like a rock on rankings not because of how talented he is, but because, it, again, like putting all of it together and picking and choosing what to do and when is a really hard skill to learn at such a high level of hockey. Someone like Marco Rossi is extremely good at it. Cole Perfetti is similar, where they have this natural talent to just pull tools out of their toolbox as they need to. Um, you know, when they spot the right pat, when they spot a passing option they like, they take it. When they, they, you know, they have the awareness to know when those passing options are available. Um, and I think a lot of that comes down to a combination of like your tactical deployment, who you're playing with, but also like, you know, is the player skating with their head up? Is the player looking around the ice and surveying their options? Are they, you know, what's the distance, what's the difference in time between, you know, having their head up, seeing the, the target that they need, uh, to hit and, and getting it there. Do they even need to use their, their eyeballs? Like someone like an Anton Lundell, when they say he's extremely smart, 
part of that also is, you know, I mentioned it in my report on him. He would be along the, you know, basically on a breakout in the, you know, along the, the defensive blue line in sort of the offensive zone. A team A teammate would pass him the puck, maybe a defenseman, up to the defensive blue line. And he's got his bum turned away from the boards and he just deflects it with his stick into the center of the ice where a trailing winger can pick it up and move the breakout out. And to me, that is a play that happened a few times, and that kind of indicates sort of an awareness to, you know, know that in that tactical system, there there should be someone there to bail him out. And it works. And so it, it indicates to me that while Lindell might not be, say, the fastest guy in the world or the most skilled guy in the world... You know, that's what I kind of mean when I say things like play facilitator. Like, he just kind of overcomes the shortcomings that he has by being smart about it. You know, and being sort of a conduit through which play flows. And so, a lot of guys, I think, force a lot, especially at the junior level. They have a lot of talent, and they try to force too much rather than sort of play smarter. You know, some guys, you know, people always like to rag on chip and chase things. But the thing that I loved about someone like Dmitry Ovchinikov is he would chip the puck into the offensive zone, but not fire it in too deep. And instead of, you know, there's a big difference between, to me, squeezing, trying to squeeze between a defender and the boards while carrying the puck and recognizing that the defender needs to turn around to catch up to the puck you're dumping behind him. So just a light chip behind that defender, if you're a speedy little guy, it might be enough for you to get around that defender, pick up the puck behind him and have some more open space where you can catch a trailing winger streaking to the front of the net or your centerman or whatever. Uh, and, and Or you might be able to chip that puck back to a defenseman from deep in the corner. I don't know. Um, but it's it's all this little little IQ stuff, little, little intelligent stuff. You know, someone like Tristan Robbins, for example, who I've been tracking lately, you know, gets rubbed out along the boards quite a lot, but he's quick on his feet. He's agile. So... To evolve that, maybe I teach him, like, don't just dump the puck into the offensive end. Chip, try to chip it through the defender that, that's about to apply pressure to you. Use your speed and your lack of size to to your advantage and go around him. Pick up that puck and make a play from there. You know, you can still do chip and chase hockey in 2020, but you can't do it if you're six foot eight and skate at 10 kilometers an hour. That just wouldn't work. But if you're 5'9 and you can skate faster than most guys on the ice you know, it, it can work still. Uh, and it can be an effective strategy rather than focusing singularly on con- controlling the puck on your own stick forever. Uh, that's only one example, but there are ways to work on that area of the game. And I think a lot of it comes down to practice, just spending more time on the ice in, in games, you know, working on those, on completing all of those passes and, and making sure that you're making the right reads you know, it doesn't need to be always the most aggressive read you can. You don't need to send stretch passes up the ice all night. You know, you don't want defensemen that all they do is send stretch passes. You know, uh, you don't want defensemen... Also, you don't want your defensemen skating into one-on-threes all night. So you need to have your guys pick their spots better. You know, recognize, you know, even something as subtle as what direction on my breakout, what direction is that guy going to go if he stays on his, if, if he stays on the path that he's on? And ca- do I think I can split between the two guys here and there if their weight is distributed to go one way or the other? You know, can they open gaps on their own that I can then take advantage of? Just reading play and, and reading how you can get play into the offensive zone and get the puck near the net and get some, get some scoring chances. 
you know, it all kind of adds up. I think a lot of the guys that, you know, the reason I don't like hockey IQ as a term is because it's really nebulous and it's just really hard to figure out exactly what people mean. I still have trouble with it, but the way that I kind of anticipate it is, you know, how the player is playing and, and how efficient are they when, you know, with, with good things and bad things, you know, are they the cause of lots of bad things because of stuff where you're looking at them and going, I don't know what you're thinking, or are they making plays that you don't see at first, but then you go, okay, now I see why they made this play, you know, or why I see this defenseman take the route that they took, you know, and that's, that's something that draws me to guys uh, in terms of their IQ. Um, but I guess to me, it's more about adaptability and reading the play and, and, and anticipating it properly, uh, more than anything. Uh, what do you think of Will Cooley? Good shot, good speed, uh, can hit any, yeah, I, I'm not huge on Will Cooley. I, I think he's, you know, later in the draft, he, he's going to get picked before he should go. I, I just don't think that his role in the National Hockey League is going to be particularly important, but someone's going to think that it is. And in the second round, someone's going to take a swing on him. And I just don't think so. He's a hard-hitting guy, but just doesn't really play my brand, personally. But, you know, if you have him in your first round, I can kind of see what kind of like kind of hockey you like. Just not my just not my style. Seeing Jake Neighbors in some scouts first round, I don't see it. What do you see in him? He's a good all-around guy. I think he's gonna be a player, third line maybe guy, complimentary scorer, good at both ends, nothing egregious about his game, but nothing incredible. Uh, I, I don't mind it. I, I, I have him in my second round, but, but not, not over the moon about him. Um, good data though, that I've tracked, uh, just not, just not a guy that I think is much of a needle mover. I mean, first round might be a lot for me. I think people who might have him in the first round might be overlooking some European guys that might be riskier, but I think show a lot of talent. Um, that might push, you know, that to me, that's been pushing a lot of North American guys out of my first round that some guys might have in their, in their first round from North America and, and neighbors might be one of those guys. Uh, too long of a question, but that wasn't very long. Uh, do you think there are any players in your top 75 that might be held back by their team scheme? Thinking of the Rangers effect on Kako, Springfield on Borgstrom, Heponiemi, Holloway. I, I would love to be able to answer that question, but I don't know what was wrong with the cases you mentioned. Um, with Borgstrom, I would say... With Borgstrom, I would say that a big problem was that they were yo-yoing him. And he's one of these guys that goes up and down, up and down, up and down. And, you know, I don't know. It's it's rough to do that to a kid. But the common thread from what I can read through the tea leaves is that coming over from Europe and playing in North American minor league hockey where, I mean, I don't know specifically what European pro hockey lifestyles are like, but, but the AHL lifestyle, I don't think is as glamorous as somewhere like Sweden or, or even Russia or Finland or whatever. And coming over to then say, all right, well, we're taking you away from where you live. You're 20 years old. So think if you're 20 or older, like think about being uprooted from your family. Maybe you speak the language, but only barely. Like if I if I had to go to France to play hockey, like my French is not is non-existent, but I know a little. Like I took literature courses through high school, so I can you know after a couple of weeks I might be like, all right, I can try. I can at least try. But to then be thrown into not only just like a visit, but like that's my society now. 
Like, this is my life being in France. If certain things, especially with my employer, might not be going the way that I thought they might, you can see how things might snowball in your own head, especially if you're a kid and there's a lot of expectations on you. Someone like Heponiemi comes over with a great resume. Someone like Borgstrom was fantastic in the NCAA. Capocacco is Capocacco. And if no support group is there to help you sort of work through those things and, and adjust, that can make a huge difference. Like just like think about these things that, that might affect you, right? Like think of how you would want to be treated in a foreign place that you've rarely been, if ever, and now this is where you're expected to live your life and, and work to make a living for the next X amount of years. So like someone like Capo Caco had a rough year for sure. I don't know what happened, but I imagine that some things happened that set him on the wrong foot in a place that he's in a place that he's uncomfortable already. Like again, going back to that France example, if I was 20 years old and I got transplanted to France and was working for whatever company and I had never lived in France before and only spoken French like Canadian crummy school French and you know, I was a I was a fish out of water. There were no other Canadians I could talk to. Nothing, no support system like that. It was just kind of expected that 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 I was there for my talents and that I was expected to work. And things weren't working out immediately. I could get in my own head too, and I think most of us would. Um, so I can't project specific players in this year's draft where I think things are going to be tough for them. I certainly wouldn't have expected it with Capo Caco. Um, you know, sometimes you might give players too much too fast, and it's hard to say who that might be because they haven't been drafted yet. You know, I mean, I'm I'm looking at the draft and I'm going, okay, if 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 Marco Rossi is the top five pick, and it's say the New Jersey Devils, they I think there's a role for him in the National Hockey League, but I think he's going to be you know a guy who might have a bit of trouble adjusting to the National Hockey League, and he's going to be a guy like Nico Heischer is already there. But there's going to need to be a support system for these guys, you know, and I think where teams might go wrong is when coaches might, you know, unknowingly, potentially unknowingly isolate foreign players because they're not fitting in or they think that they're not putting in enough, you know, and and maybe that's what happened. I don't know. I'm not accusing anyone of doing that. I'm just saying that that would be a reasonable explanation as to why things might not have gone the way that people expected. And it's also part of the reason why I try not to look back at past drafts and go, this guy's a bust, this guy's a bust, this team is stupid, this team is stupid, this team is stupid. Because most of the time, you know, you can identify situations where teams take unnecessary risks on guys they have no business taking where they take them. Sure, you can criticize those for sure. But looking at a player who is a legitimate talent and and perfectly reasonable to be picked where they picked, and over time you know, you can see some common factors as to why they might have not reached the potential they had. Um, and I, I, so I try not to do that too much, uh, outside of, you know, when they sort of swing on guys that like you could get two rounds later, that, that kind of situation is always weird. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's a hard to, it's hard. It's a hard question to answer, uh, because I'm not involved in, in those decisions. Uh, do you know anything about Minnesota high school or Jack Smith? Uh, uh, yeah. Are there any high school players you like in the mid to late rounds? I like Wyatt Kaiser. Uh, just take him and see what happens with his skating. Sure. Other than that though, like Alex Jeffries is pretty good. I, I kind of like him, but I don't know if I would take him. 
Uh, I get the feeling that other guys are going to slip that I, I would rather take. Uh, Jack Smith, though, I'm not sure. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he plays Class A with Hermantown, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I'm not sure. I might have to check him out, but not a guy I'm super familiar with. And the only real high school guys that I really like, uh, maybe Jeffries. Um, Timofey Spitzerov is kind of cool with Culver. Uh, I like, uh, and, and, and Wyatt Kaiser, I suppose, is another one. But I'm not huge on the U.S. high school guys uh, this year. Artem Schlein is another one that I like, though. So, yeah. Yassi Seppala. Hello. Uh, who do you prefer between Eamon Powell and Mitch Miller? Mitch Miller, but I think it's closer than you might think. I, I like Eamon Powell really a lot. Like, if you like guys like Helga Granz, that sort of responsible sort of defenseman, um, more focused on just controlling possession and, and playing more conservatively, like a modern defensive defenseman, I, I think that's a good option for, for any any round really outside of the first two or three rounds for, for, for Powell. Whereas with Miller, I think there's more exciting aspects of his game. The skating, I think, is more exciting. You know, he's a north-south you know, animal, uh, animal, just, just absolutely remarkable, uh, in terms of how quick he can get moving, uh, and how aggressive he can be all over the ice. So he might need to be reining that in a little bit over time. Um, but he's a guy that I have ranked in my second round. I totally was sleeping on him, but the more I watch Colby Ambrosio and track him, uh, the more I like Mitchell Miller as well. Um, Jordan, the pharmacist. Hello, Jordan. Uh, hope all is well. It is. Here's a freebie. Who's a prospect you want to talk about, but nobody has asked about in a while? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, wow. Yeah, good one. Um, hmm. Well, because I get questions about pretty much everyone every week. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I need to finish my data set on Daniel Gustian. Not a lot of people have asked me about him, but the data that I have on him in an offensive sense is insanely good. I think his two-way game is really underrated. Um, I, I think that there's a really good player there. Uh, we were going to do one of these. I mentioned this on Twitter. We were going to do one of these. Uh, and I'm almost guaranteeing you that Gustian will be available at the pick, the first pick and probably would be the guy that I would take if he was available, uh, assuming he's available. So I, I like Danny Gustian a lot. I think his offensive game, you know, in terms of that offensive threat metric, he's number one on my list so far. Uh, I'm not done the data set, but right now he's number one. And he does it with, I think it's almost a perfect 50-50 split of playmaking and shooting. So all around offensive game, he's among the best in the draft based on what I've tracked. Not done the data set, but that's pretty promising. Um, so that that's nice. And I think that the skill will take him a long way. You know, he's a good skater when he really gets moving. Just the consistency of engagement might need to come a ways, but I have him ranked in my first round way higher than most people would have him. Um, but that's only because of how much just I think he's, you know, a potential rock star. Um, there's a risk he doesn't work out. He's small, sure. Uh, but I think that over time he's going to get to some good, get to a good place. Uh, do you think there are any players in your top 70? Oh, you answered that. I answered that already. Uh, say both Perfetti and Holt are available with the Devils at 10 with the Coyotes pick. Who do you think is a better fit for the Devils? Honestly, you could go with either. I, I think that I have Perfetti ranked higher and I think I would go with Perfetti, but that is a really hard call. I don't think Holtz would be a bad pick. I, I think that the goal with Holtz would be, you know, choose your weapon. I mean, if the Devils draft, say Marco Rossi, earlier you know you can say well alexander holtz playing with marco rossi sure i'll take it alexander holtz playing with nico he sure i'll take it 
Alexander Holtz playing with Cole Coff or not Cole Caulfield, uh, Jack Hughes. I'll take it. Like uh, you could easily do that with Perfetti as well. You know, with Perfetti, it allows you to have a little more flexibility since he plays center and wing and you can sort of move him and Rossi around the lineup and figure out what works better. There's more flexibility. So I might choose Perfetti a bit. And I still think that there are things with Holtz that I think are real issues that he's got to work on. But uh, either pick would make me happy. I probably, if I were GM, go around the table and just say, who are we going with? Like, I don't know, because I don't think there's a right answer. I probably would lean Perfetti and I would probably vote for Perfetti instead of Holtz. I think he brings more to the game at both ends of the ice uh, and in transition than Holtz does. But I think Holtz has the potential to be a really, really excellent offensive player. Um, But you're going to need to live with the downside that I think he has. Whereas Perfetti does have a bit of downsides, but I think his pros outweigh his cons far more, uh, right now at least, than, than Holtz's does. But I don't think either would be a bad pick. Which sounds like a cop-out, but I would lean Perfetti. How does Torgerson so how how does Torgerson show in your data? I like his net front ability, but nothing else really stands out to me. Yeah, Torgerson is a guy who always to my eyeballs, I was like, oh yeah, this guy's pretty good. But then, you know, and the data results are really good, but then the more you track, the less I like. And around the net, excellent. And and I've said this a few times about him. Like in the SHL, I think he looked good. I think he's a guy though that you can draft third round, I'd say. Like if you like the Will Cooley style player, not that Torgerson is the same, but I think Torgerson is a better example of where that role is going. I think you just take him and say, your job is to play in that high danger area. You're not going to have the puck in transition. You're not going to be passing the puck a tremendous amount unless you're really needed because his puck skills are good, but his intelligence with the puck and his ability to sort of navigate pressure and move pucks to teammates are, is not great. Um, I think, though, that you can say to him, like, we want you causing havoc in front of the net, finishing up dirty goals. If a puck is missing the net and around the back behind the goal line, he's able to wrap around. He's got the reach to to do a lot of interesting things in that area of the net uh, or around that area of the ice. And I think that is sort of a low ceiling, high upside floor, or sorry, low ceiling, high floor guy. Perfectly reasonable, but definitely... A, he's a great case as to how the data that you're looking at right now might be misleading uh, in some cases. Like Foodie is a guy whose my data showed much better, whereas with Torgerson, the data that I'm tracking by hand shows him much worse. Uh, well, not much worse, but not nearly as good as, as what his results might indicate. Um, so, yeah. Da, da, da. Okay. Uh, hello, Mr. Mike Malloy. Does Sanderson keep moving up your board the more you watch him? Yes. Uh, obviously not too high, but the more I watch him, the more translatable his skill set seems. Yeah, he's good. He's he's a good defenseman. I still don't think he's a top 10 caliber defenseman in this year's draft. Maybe in another year, sure. But he's legit in terms of a defensive defenseman in the 2020 sense of the word, I think. Um, top 15, you could consider it for me, like after I'd say 13, 14, 15, he's in there. But towards the, you know, if he's available in the after 15th overall, that's when I would really start to push to to pick him up if the guys ahead of him are, are gone. Uh, I just think he's got a lot of really nice talent in transition defensively, and he's an you know surprisingly good offensive player as well with some good flashes. Uh, so yeah, uh, Brandon Coe is an interesting guy. Grat Nathan, you're reading my mind. Uh, solid game from what I saw. Where do you rank him? I love 
Brandon Coe more and more. The more I see him, I mean, it's hard because it's hard because. Uh, oh, thank you. Um, it's hard because he's a guy who plays on such a brutal team. But I think that when he's on the ice, he does a lot of really good things. He's disgustingly skilled uh, for a guy his size. And he's a guy who, if he's available after the second round, boy, uh, I'd be happy to take him. I have him ranked 47th, which is higher than most people. Um, but I think that he's a guy who's playing on a bad team and not one of these guys who suffers from uh, what I'm going to call, I don't know, Linus Carlson syndrome. Like a really good, you know, like a good player on a really, really bad team. Sometimes players like that show up really, really well in my data, and then I watch them and I go, I don't, I think they're just the best player on this team, and they know it, and they just give him the puck all the time, and he does whatever. Um, with Co, though, I think he plays really well as a team player. Um, you know, really, really good skill. You know, really, really talented player. I, I think he's really undervalued. Not sure he's a first round pick at all, but second round pick, absolutely, I would, I would take a swing on him. Uh, Katarina Christo. Hello, Katarina. Hey, Will, how do you feel about Kari Purinen leaving the OHL? It makes sense. He wasn't really working out here, um, unfortunately, but, um, do you think Xavier Medina, Xavier Medina would be a good job this year? He would do a good job this year as a starter. I don't know. I mean, goalies are really weird. Uh, you know, like, goalies are strange, and I think that that's pretty obvious. Um, I, I think, I think, though, I, I can't tell you if this guy is going to be, you know, the future in net for Windsor. Um, maybe, but, but Kari Piranen wasn't really working out in Windsor. I also feel like Windsor didn't do him a ton of favors with their defense group. They were a really physical team. And I, I think that they were kind of playing 2010 hockey, 2007 hockey, uh, a lot with at least the style of players that they deployed. And I just think that that made Piranen look worse, but I also wasn't really feeling him as a goalie anyway. Um, but I guess we'll see. OHL goaltending is always in flux, so who knows? I, I don't know. Um, 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 oh, I lost my spot. Uh, Mitchell Holscher said he doesn't expect the Devils to sign him before his rights expire. What do you think of him? I think he's earned himself a contract somewhere, maybe an AHL deal. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not surprised that the Devils haven't pulled the trigger on him, but I did like him. He helped enable a lot of Jack Quinn's offense, but, uh, you know, he didn't move the needle a tremendous amount over the last little while. And Ottawa was an extremely talented team. Um, maybe an AHL deal is in the future for him. Um, I would think about it. Not really a guy I would draft in the draft, but based on what I've saw with, with tracking Rossi this year, Holscher looks pretty good when, whenever I caught him playing, but I, I can't say I'm you know, all over him as a guy that the Devils are dumb for not signing. Who will be the best sniper coming out of the draft? Probably Holtz, I think. Um, I think people, you know, in terms of just shooting the puck and it goes in the net, Cole Perfetti might be up there as well. Um, those are the guys that kind of stick out to me right away. I think Marco Rossi is an underrated goal scorer, but in terms of stopping up in the faceoff circle and ripping one, Alexander Holtz is the, probably the one that you're going to want. Uh, is Evgeny Oksentyuk for real? I think so. I think he's a lot of fun. Uh, don't know if he's going to be an NHL player, but he's certainly a lot of fun, and I've seen much worse players get drafted uh, in the mid-rounds of the NHL draft. So, yeah. Jack Manning. Brendan Brisson, by virtue of who his father is, has likely had access to the best skills coaching money can buy. Do you get the sense that he may be already closer to his ceiling than most? Uh, I mean, Brendan Brisson will get by on his smarts. I think he's one of the smarter 
sort of conduit centers in the in the draft like in terms of get the puck at the defensive blue line get it to a forward at the offensive blue line and trail the offense and get set up for a shot you know I think he's a perfect role player in that sense for Chicago and I think if you don't expect the world out of him in terms of you know I you know first line center maybe even second line center but as a good responsible two-way you know I, I guess a good responsible offensive third line center sure I could see it uh, where you rip him out for the power play. You know, I think that's perfectly reasonable as well. Um, but I think he needs wingers to help him. I, I think I think he needs wingers to to sort of help him push that pace a little bit. Someone like uh, Sean Farrell did a really good job being that sort of aggressive energy, high-speed guy. Sam Colangelo, more of a powerful sort of skill uh, type of player that I think can do a lot of the dirty work. Whereas Brisson's more of that open ice you know, get the puck and pass it, get the puck, catch and shoot it kind of guy. Um, I don't know if he's super close to hitting a ceiling, but he is old for the draft class. I have him ranked a spot lower than Ovchinikov, for example, but that's really only because Ovchinikov is almost a year younger, like a full year. And Ovchinikov managed to get a couple of games in the KHL, um, you know, and I think he's he's improved at such an incredible rate this year that it's worth the risk on him. Whereas Brisson, if he's available, like I obviously would think about taking Brisson first because you're probably going to be able to get Ovchinikov later. But Brisson is, a, is I think, a guy who I just don't know about his upside, but he is he has tremendous smarts, great shot. Um, I just don't know if it's enough to be like a premier player at the next level. What do you think of Brock Faber? Meh. Actually, I should go to the super chat question here. Sorry. Been watching for a while, thought I'd give back for the quite entertainment. Oh, thank you. Uh, quick question. Struble or Norlander or wh- and why? Well, Struble is rawer than Norlander, I think. I think Norlander is f- a lot more fun to watch. I think Struble's a really, really good skater. I haven't seen any of him in the NCAA, to be honest. I watched a little bit of him last year in high school or prep school, whatever you want to call it. I think he's got a long-term, uh, I think he's got a long-term game to it. Like, he's going to need a couple of years in university uh, to evolve, whereas Norlander, Norlander had some holes in his game, but the skill is always going to be there. The offense is always there. Uh, I like Norlander because he's already playing against men. He's been doing so for a little while now and holding his own perfectly well. And I'm hopeful uh, that his time uh, is going to get himself, or um, let me see. I'm not sure where he's going to be next year in terms of the league he's playing in. Yeah, so he went to Frölunda. So he's going to the SHL next year, and that's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, I'm going to be very curious to see how he does next year as a as a 20-year-old in the SHL. I have a lot of hope for him. I think he's a good player. I don't know if I would have used a third-round pick on him, but I also would probably wouldn't have used a, the pick they used on Struble to pick Struble, but he's turned out to be pretty decent, um, at least so far. So I, I prefer the tools that Struble has in terms of projecting it long-term, but Norlander is certainly a lot of fun. Um, oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, what do you think of Brock Faber? Eh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't think there's enough there, really, to be honest. Uh, any thoughts on Yaroslav Likachov? Good skill, good offensive talent from what I've seen of him. But again, I, I don't think there's enough there. I mean, he's a good, he's got good data. From what I've seen, he's fun to watch. Um, can't say I've tracked anything of him, but I've seen him play a few times. You know, good data, but I, I, I don't know. I'm not totally sold on him from what I've seen. Uh, but I might need to just take more of a look. 
Uh, I'm not sure why, and this might be controversial, but Cole Perfetti reminds me of Dal Cole. So I think that might be because Dal Cole is a guy who everyone's looking back with 2020 hindsight and going, well, he couldn't skate then, so whatever. Cole Perfetti's going to make his money not by skating up the ice with the puck. He's going to make his money passing the puck around the ice and protecting it um, because he's really good at it. Uh, but I don't want to give too much away. Hint, hint. Uh... Okay. The Boogeyman is here. Uh, thoughts on Isaac Phillips? I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen a ton of them. Uh, if any. Let me double check. Because I get all these names mixed up all the time. Uh, yeah, Sudbury. I've seen Sudbury play a few times, but I can't say I've been paying attention too much to Isaac Phillips, to be honest. Uh, so maybe ask me later. Do you think the Poirier is and should be considered the biggest boom-bust pick of the draft? No. Um, you know, I think there are bigger players that are riskier. Uh, I, I think there are players in the draft that are riskier. I don't know how likely it is that teams will draft them very high. Like, if we're talking about the correlation between high risk and high draft pick, I mean, Poirier probably would be up there. But I look at a guy like Alexander Poshin and think there's tons and tons and tons of risk, and he's probably not going to be a National Hockey League player. But if he is, oh boy. Uh, oh, baby. Um, that guy's probably, like, a guy that I'd be willing to bet on the boom side of it. Whereas Poirier, there's a lot of work to do, I think, for him to really hit it out of the park. Um... So, yeah. In terms of high draft picks, though, he's definitely up there, I would say. But it also depends on who drafts whom and when. Corey Promen's list came out today and had Rossi at 9. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills with the amount of people who seem to be sleeping on Rossi. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you just kind of have to let people do what they want. I don't know. Um, if Rossi slips in the draft for whatever reason, then great. Uh, I You look at the list of, NA, of, of OHL players that have scored at a rate like Marco Rossi, it there are far more players that have become very good NHLers uh, than than ones who have not, um, at least in the last couple of decades. So I I would bet on those numbers to be positive for him, uh, especially considering his line mates were two overagers who are like okay players. I like Garefa a lot, but I certainly don't think that he was pushing Marco Rossi to be a 150 point OHL player. Uh, is Biondi legit? Where do you have him ranked? I don't have Biondi ranked. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen enough of him to, to know really what to tell you about him. I've seen a bit of him. A guy I think is going to get drafted before I'd be ready to pick him. But again, I can't, I can't be too certain about that because I haven't seen a ton. He is on my list to check out more though. Is Byfield's play like Malkin or could he turn into a Vander Kane with no bite? Ugh. Uh, well, okay. So Byfield is a center and he's going to be, I think. And I'd say the Malkin style of play, I think, is his sort of, like, that's what your goal is. Great skill, great puck control, good, you know, excellent scorer as well as a pass playmaker guy. Sorry. Excellent scorer as well as a playmaker. Um, I don't think Quentin Byfield needs to have a lot of snarl in his game. I think that would kind of be doing him a disservice. I think he's a tremendously good, skilled offensive winger um, with decent defensive ability when he gets his head in the game. The only thing with him is going to be that consistency and, and showing up night in, night out. But you know what? He's under a month away from being ineligible for this year's draft. And if he were eligible for next year's draft and had the season that he had this year, I mean, I, I like I like Ratu as much as the next guy. 
um, for next year's draft, but Byfield would look pretty freaking outstanding uh, if he were eligible for next year. And uh, the World Juniors, everyone seems to have soured on him a bit since the World Juniors, and I've said this to a lot of people since. Where was Alexi Lafreniere in last year's World Juniors? If Alexi Lafreniere were draft eligible last year, would his World Junior performance or lack thereof have resulted in him not being drafted where he should have been drafted? Because he didn't score any points. He wasn't playing a whole lot. Um, Byfield didn't score any points, wasn't playing a whole lot. Didn't play in the gold medal game at all. Uh, At least I don't think so. So, yeah. You do the math on that. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but but I'm a fan of Byfield. He's my number two, and he always will be. Uh, given Grieg's age and size, do you think he could be a big breakout guy next year? It's possible. He's a hardworking guy, good skater, real quick, nice buzzsaw energy on the ice. Uh, I like him, but I think I, I wouldn't use a first on him. I know he's young. Um, you know, I know he's young, and I, I like that about him, but I'm not totally sold on, on his future sort of super high upside if he's a first-round pick. Second round for sure. Uh, if you have a lot of really high upside scoring already in your system, Greed could be a guy that you add in the second round and, and, and write, you know, and laugh and laugh about. But, you know, he's a guy that I also need to see more of to, to really nail him down. But I think from what I've seen, he's a good all-around sort of guy with a really good motor, good skater, plays hard. Uh, and I think NHL teams are going to like that. I just question where, like how far that's going to take him. But in terms of being a breakout in junior, I could certainly see it. Uh, hey, Will, been here a while. Couldn't been a while. Couldn't be here live. Oh, that's too bad. What do you not like me or something? How much stock do you put into the D minus one year? I see a lot of people putting Quinn over Zari, and I feel like Zari has more of a track record. They're also the same age. Um, I don't really think about their draft minus one year. I mean, it is important to say for context reasons, like here's where they're coming from, and and here. You know, especially for European guys, because you can say, okay, they've scored at the under-16 level, under-18, uh, under-20 level. Um, you know, they have that scoring touch no matter what they do. You know, uh, there's a couple of guys who I think, you know, um, I think his name, yeah, this guy, uh, Matthias Shirosky, uh, if that's how you say his name, I have no idea how. Um, but he's a guy who his data looks terrible from here. But he was extremely good at the under-18 level. Whenever I've watched him play, he's been very impressive for me. Um, And, you know, all things being considered, like all of his points are at at even strength, at least, or five on at even strength are are primary points uh, when goals are scored on the ice. And 71% of the goals that are scored when he's on the ice, he's getting a primary point. So that, to me, indicates that his line mates aren't doing a tremendous amount to help him out. Um, And he's a guy who just my eyeballs seem to really like. uh, But... You know, I don't think he gets drafted, but but he's a case of, you know, he's a case of a guy where you look at his previous scoring history and there's a lot to like, um, so that it adds context, but I don't use it as an evaluation tool, really. I know Zari had a tremendous year last year, but I think a lot of that also was the team he was playing on wasn't great, uh, but, you know, he's a good player. Both of them are good players. Um and I, I think that it depends on what you're looking for of who you would look at. And I wouldn't put too much stock into how they performed a year ago. Do you still believe in Simone Tavall? Yes. Uh, might be a might be a bust one day, but but he's good. I like him a lot. Uh, seen some concern about Zion Nybeck's foot speed. Given, about, given that and his lack of size, how do you rank him? Um, I think I have him on the outside of the first round. 
I agree on the foot speed thing. I think it's a little overblown. I think his skill and his and his you know his uh, resiliency with the puck and his passing ability kind of makes up for it. I still need to track more of him, but but he's a good player. I like Zion Nybeck a lot, um, but I'm not sure a first round pick would be smart. Um, he might be just a really good junior player, but I think him in the SHL looks pretty good as well. Uh, yeah, but I have him on the on the early half of the second round i would say and i think he's gonna slip pretty far uh kevin hi kevin i know it's a long shot but can you rank these prospects in order of best potential michelli alexandrov nikolaev henriksen and spiridonov uh, uh i'll say this uh i would put henriksen at the top michelli second alexandrov third and then pick your poison for the last two not a huge fan of them i don't know something like that have you ever done video analysis on Razanin? He's a very interesting player and has a... Oh, Emily Razanin. Not not a huge fan of Emily Razanin. Never was. Just, I don't know. I don't know. Like, he ended up playing pro hockey in Denmark for a bit. I I don't know. I think he's I think he's a long shot at the very best. Have you seen Jake Boltman and why should he be drafted by Tampa Bay? I have not, and he should be drafted by Tampa Bay, but I'll add him to the list of guys I need to see. Uh, Usain Bolt should be in Tampa. That's also true. Who do you think the top five best defensemen are based on only potential? Okay. So we'll filter this for defensemen. Bang, bang. Nope. Bang. Okay. So pure potential. I mean, I usually rank them based on potential anyway, but if I'm being like as optimistic as I possibly can, um, and guys that would play defense and be the most exciting players. Cause I like entertaining players because this business is entertainment. So I want players who will entertain fans. Uh, Drysdale's up there. I would say Drysdale, Sanderson, Wallander, Poirier, all four I think have extremely high ceilings, but varying levels of likelihood to reach it. And then the fifth one, probably Yermo, I would say. Like, I just love Yoni Yermo and how he plays. Um, And if I can add an honorable mention, probably Samuel Knazko. I just think he's a good player. Uh, And I think that at the end of the day, He'll probably have a long road ahead of him to get to where he could be, but he's a guy who I think is a tremendously exciting player. Um, and then, you know, that that would probably be my five plus an honorable mention. And low-key, Marco Staka, but I don't think he's going to be super exciting if he ever makes the NHL. But as a late-round pick, he could be a lot of fun. Uh, okay, I've seen Jake Sanderson do what? What is it? I've seen Jake Sanderson as the best chance to be the best defenseman. What? I've seen that Jake Sanderson has the chance to be the best NTDP defenseman ever. I really like his shutdown ability. Is that true? I don't know about NTDP defenseman ever. Like, Quinn Hughes was on the NTDP. Um, and he probably is the better, one of the better ones I can think of recently. Adam Fox was outstanding, uh, for example. I don't think Jake Sanders, in terms of playing defense well at the age that he is, sure, I could see him being very, very notable and remarkable at it but I do not see him as the best NTDP defenseman that has ever played for that team. Uh, Like, most notably, Quinn Hughes is the one that jumps out to me right away. I don't know if you've talked about Pronman's rankings. What about him? Paterka over Reichel struck a nerve to me. Do you feel Reichel is undervalued? Why would that be? It's an interesting thing. I mean, the way... So I've done a full data set on both of them. So Reichel does very, like, certain things extremely well. And Paterka does the things that Reichel does, or sorry, Paterka does the things that Reichel doesn't do extremely well. And Reichel does a lot of the things that Paterka doesn't do extremely well. 
So I think you look at Paterka, and I see a better transition player there. I see a more active two-way player out of Paterka right now. But Reichel, I think, is a is one of the better just, if you want a guy who can play in the offensive end and just be a trigger man, dangerous around the net, you know, good shot, great shot selection, to be honest, then Reichel's your guy. I, I think he's got a tremendous amount of potential in that area. But there's a, he's not going to be a guy that you can run a whole line with. And I don't think the same thing is true for Paterka. And I have them ranked very closely. But I think Paterka does a lot of things that are especially away from the puck as well. Like his sensibilities around uh, away from the puck in, in an offensive transition. You know, he plays a really good north-south game. And I think that that's all, there's a lot to like there. Reichel's raw with his talent. But in terms of playing right around the net and getting the puck in the frickin' net, he's good at it. And and I think, uh, ideally, you if you end up with both, that's great. I think they could play off of each other really well, uh, like they did at the World Juniors. But I think that he's, you know, I think I think Reichel has... It's weird how they kind of are two sides of the same coin. They kind of fill each other's gaps pretty well. So I don't know about, you know, it, it, it just all depends on what you kind of prefer. I don't think either ordering one or the other over the other is is right or wrong. And I mean that honestly. Uh, it just kind of depends on what you're looking for. Uh, thoughts on Ambrosio? I need to track more, to be honest. I'm, I'm in the middle of a, of a fit with him. I don't know. Uh, I've been tracking him this week. I, I think that the skating is pretty much what you're betting on with him. Um, the rest, I don't know. I'm not sure there's enough to be a real high-end bet, but he's a good player uh really young good center as well good skater so maybe a bet on that if he's available in the mid rounds um just some some questionable stuff in the data where he's just not pushing the needle a ton donut nader hey well one of my internet buddies got me hooked on your reports good what a good friend he is or she is i just wanted to say thanks thank you for watching do you have a favorite red wings prospect or one that you think is underrated uh i like mastro simone a lot i don't think a lot of people are talking enough about him uh i'd have to take a look at all of them but uh some good ones but uh mastro simone was the first one that jumped to mind um yeah he's up there thoughts on michael benning yeah don't worry don't think about the stats with him the ajhl is a silly league um i don't i'm not a believer in michael benning's long-term upside i think his skill is good he's a decent passer but i think there's a lot of work to be done uh long term anything on unilamus no i'll have to take a look uh how good is raymond very devils get the third overall pick who are you selecting probably marco rossi unless quentin byfield slips and if quentin byfield slips that's the easiest third overall pick i'm gonna make uh rochette or stranges probably stranges uh what are your thoughts on tommy niku uh i'm gonna need another year to see him i want to see him against men i watched him in the mestis a couple of times I don't, I think that his skating is real low level, um, shoots a lot, uh, not sure that, you know, I, I think he's a player who passes the puck really well, um, but in terms of generating his offense, I, I think that it's stuff that you don't get away with at the next level. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, he might be a guy that I take a look, another look at for next year, but I don't think I draft him right now. How many points do you project Perfetti to have in his prime years? I don't know. Some. <laughs> no. I, I think he could be like a solid 25, 35, you know, 25 goal, 
35 point or 35 assist guy, 60 points, 70 points, maybe more if he has a really, really good year. You know, if you draft a top 10 player, you're usually going to get a good producing player. Point per game in the NHL is really hard. With Perfetti, I could see it, but not immediately. Uh, it's going to take some time for him to develop, I think. Thoughts on Helga Granz? Uh, went over him earlier, uh, but I mostly just need to track more on him. Uh, Jasper, sorry I've been lacking in the chat spam the last couple of weeks. What a shame. What a man. Where have you been? I'm going to ban you. Uh, I've had school stuff to deal with. Oh, I guess that's okay. Stay in school, kids. Stay in school. If Rossi was available last year, where do you think he would fall? Uh, probably three. Honestly, like Doc scored at a similar rate to Rossi. Cousins scored at a similar rate to Rossi. I think top five for Rossi would make sense. I would take him over Turcotte. I would take him over Caulfield. I would take him over pretty much everyone, uh, except for Hughes and Kako, probably. Uh, of Chromiak, Forster, and Colangelo, which do you think is more likely to have the best career? I think Colangelo is the one that's most likely to play best at 5-on-5, five five, but Forster, I think, is going to play really good hockey in the NHL, as, at least as a trigger man. Not sure about his 5-on-5 five five upside um, at all. It might hold him back from an NHL job, whereas I think Colangelo will play. Like, of all those three, I wouldn't be surprised if Colangelo is the only one who becomes a full-time player. Um, but, you know, I think if it works out for Forrester, I think he could have an excellent career as well. But uh, Chromiak, I'm also much more skeptical on the more I track him and the more I watch him. Uh, I just don't know what role he's going to play in the NHL one day, and I'm not sure there's enough there to, to move the needle unless he takes a huge step forward next year. Uh, Naraj. Okay, I'm going to bang through these questions really quick, and then we're going to quickly do one of these draft simulators because I think that's a lot of fun. So I guess before we get to these final questions, I so I pick in the slots on my own list where Toronto picks. So if you're not a Toronto fan, like I'm, a, I'm sorry, but this isn't because I'm a Leafs fan. It's because I grew up in Toronto. I'm here. And just for my own lists that I keep of players I would pick, I use Leaf picks. Um, so I'm going to let the, the audience decide where on the team needs and randomness factor i'm gonna put so just spam and 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 whatever the most common you know common response is we'll fill it in and fire this off and then we'll call it a night um so think about this and i'll, I'll leave it open for you um okay there have been recent lists that have had wallander and yermo too low for my liking the reasoning by those one questioned is that they're hard evaluations what figures well, they're hard evaluations because junior uh, <laughs> because junior teams in in Sweden and Finland can be hard to watch for some people who don't know how to navigate svenskhockey.se uh, or, you know, Rutu Plus. But um, I think people look at their raw tools and don't know what to think. Uh, I think. I think teams look at their skating and their aggressiveness and go, that, sp- that scares me. Um I think he is going to, you know, I I think both of those players have a lot of upside and I'm the type of person who's just not scared of that type of profile. I don't, I don't believe in that stuff at all. I think he, I think both of those guys are, are tremendous talents uh, and I would coach them to be such. So I, I'm a huge fan of, of, of both of them. Um, And if they slip in the draft, then they slip and that's going to be fine. I would happily take them if they slip. Uh, so yeah, I'm happy about both of those guys. Um, I think people look at them and see their aggressiveness and their skating being a little bit too much. 
and would rather them be maybe... I mean, Yermo is a guy who's not great defensively, and you want your defenseman to be good defensively. But Yermo is a guy who I think you just need to be competent defensively because his best assets are when the puck is on his stick and he's motoring up the ice with it. Uh, and if your team is built to be fast and skilled, he'll fit in really nicely. And with Wallander, I think there's more to like. Um, and I think he's pretty underrated defensively, even though there are some lapses that are absolutely shocking. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's uh, I, I think that people just might have a hard time getting eyes on them. And Yermo hasn't played a ton of international tournaments, and Wallander uh, was a bit underwhelming, to be honest, at the international tournaments that I saw him at. But you know, when he's going, he's really going. Uh, was Seth Jones on NTDP? I think so. Uh, do you like Lacombe or Thrun? Uh, not really. Lacombe, kinda, I guess, but not 40th overall. Uh, thoughts on Oscar Telstrom? I don't know if I would draft him. Maybe in the seventh round I would take a swing if he's there. Uh, you know, scored really well on a really awful third division Swedish team. Uh, drove play both ends of the ice really well. I like him. Um, but I don't... With Lulio, I, I, I liked him at the junior level. He played at the SHL level for a game and looked pretty good as well. I don't think... I don't know where... it's. He's such a hard read because third event... Like third division junior guy or third division Swedish pros are tough. I think there's only been like Max Freeberg was one that was third division pro. And I think he scored at a higher rate, but not on a team as bad as Vunas. So uh, I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he gets picked and he might be a guy that I want to see with Lulio full time next year uh, and circle back. But as a seventh round pick, I might just take the swing. Who knows? Um, okay. Uh, Emil Andre. I think he's a little overrated, but he's a good shifty defender with a good passing ability. I just don't know about first round for him. Do you think Tristan Robbins has a similar play style and upside as Jamison Rees? He's not as much of a crazy person as Rees is. Like, he's not as much of a, you know, uh, go crazy kind of guy. Um, but Tristan Robbins is, you know, similar profile I could see. I could see. I think Rees has a bit more skill to him. Uh, I think there's, I think there's a nice sort of offensive talent to Rees in open ice that I think Robbins shows flashes of, but not as consistently as you might hope. But I think Robbins is underrated for sure uh, going into this draft. Thoughts on Joel Mata? I've been asked about him a few times. I don't really get the hype personally, uh, but he's a guy that I've always needed to see more of. I just haven't gotten to him yet. Which players projected outside the first round are you going to keep tabs on the most post-draft? Probably Poshin, uh you know, the Russian guys, I think, would be guys that are right up there. Um, so yeah. Anyway. Uh, it, it also depends on who gets picked in the first round and who isn't picked in the first round. VT Mietinen and Yuso Mayanpa, what say you? Mietinen, probably. I think there's more to project with him. Mayanpa, he could either be tremendously fun and awesome or nothing. I don't know. Uh, okay. So I think that's good enough. I think we're going to run over to this. Uh, I'm seeing... Not a whole lot. Both to the left. So no randomness factor and no team needs factor. 100 per Okay, so we've got all the way to the left and 100% team needs and 100% randomness. Um, so maybe we just go straight down the middle. <laughs> um, all right, how about I just do this? I'm going to close my eyes and grab one and just go back and forth and then stop. This might look really dumb, but I'm going to do it. All the way to the right on randomness is okay. Okay. Uh, 
okay, we're doing that again. That doesn't work. That's not, that's not a smart idea. That's, that just, that's not good. Um, all right. We're just, I'm just going to look away and friggin' do this. Okay. All right. There we go. We got our, we got our, we got, okay. All right. We got, we, all right. Average them down the middle. Okay. 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 Uh, and then I'm just going to do the lottery like a bunch of times and stop now. Okay. Red wings, Kings, Sabres, <laughs> Senators, Senators. All right. Sweet. Uh, let's pretend this is real. Uh, okay. Sim to my pick. Um, okay. So I'm picking 51st. Uh, who do we got here? I mean, okay. So here's Danny Gustian. This one's the, probably the easiest one. Uh, so I'm just going to go with Danny Gustian because he's sick. Uh, as much as I love these guys up here, Gustian is well within my first round. Uh, where is he here? Um, I have him at 21, which might be crazy, but I don't care. This is my rules. Um, okay. So that's that. That was fun. I had a feeling that was going to happen when I did one of these earlier today. Uh, um, I mean, the, the way these are also ordered, I think are a little bit silly. I, I don't, I don't know where this order came from, whether it's an average or taken from one specific ranking, but anyway, it was, uh, I don't know. Uh, okay. We're at 113. So what do we got here? Uh, Knazko's available. Um, Staka's available. McLennan. Uh, I don't know if I'd take McLennan this early. Man, there's a big gap between 53 or whatever it was that I just did and 113. Uh, maybe I'll think about a trade here because I know you can trade in this site. Um, see what I can add. Like maybe one of the Sharks picks here um, and just see who drops. Because I would think about Cardwell. Uh, I'd think about Kanazko. Uh, a little scared that Kanazko is going to go off the board. But who else is in here? Because uh, if there's someone who, like, there's a few guys that I have ranked pretty high that this probably would have pretty low. Not a ton of them right now. Not a ton of them. No, I'm not taking Alex Cotton. Um, we're not doing that. Uh, Hlubna, I think you could get later. Uh, oh, if you want to do one of these, here, I'll post the link here. Bang. Uh, this just came out, I think, today. Um, all right. You know what? Let's see. Let's see if the San Jose Sharks are willing to part with a pick later. So 126 for 113 and maybe give me, okay. So maybe one 127 as well for 113 and what do I need to give up? Oh, that doesn't make sense. Uh, two, uh, okay. So that's not going to work. All right. So San Jose is not a good partner. Uh, who else might be a good one? Let's move. Let's see. Hmm. Maybe Colorado or Tampa. I don't think Tampa has that many picks. Tampa. Yeah. So 113 for one. Nope. That's not going to do it. Uh, like I would like to add just a seventh round pick. Cause I feel like there's going to be some good players available later. You know what? I think I'm just going to take, um, what? No. Uh, let's go with Kanazko. He's a good player. Defensemen are always nice. Bang. Uh, Sim. Uh, oh, there we are. Oh, see, Cardwell went off the board. Great. Uh, okay, maybe now is when I really start to think about a trade because I think that there's a lot of guys here, unless I do Staka or Schlein. Um, Who do I have ranked really high here? So I got Kanazko, who I had ranked 50th. Um, I think all these guys are gone. 
Magnuson, I think, might be gone. Yeah, Magnuson already went. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not doing Cotton. Um, I'll let someone else take the risk on that one. Let's go with. This is hard. Kind of want to go with Artem Schle- with Artem Schlein. Uh, who else? Uh, or who else do I have here? McLennan. Is McLennan still available? Yes. I just don't know if I believe in McLennan enough. Um, Artem Schlein seems like a guy that I might be able to get later. You know what? Um, yeah, let's... Um, okay. Okay. Let's go with... Uh, you know what? You can never have too many centers. Uh, so let's go with Mr. Artem Schlein. Uh, where is he? He's in here somewhere. Uh, there he is. Artem Schlein. Bang. Sim to my pick. 148. Uh, who else? Okay, who? so who went off the board in between? Uh, where's Toronto? Artem Schlein. Okay. So if anyone that I wanted is off the board, I might cry in front of the camera. So there goes McLennan. Um... Yeah, I'm a big Artem Schlein guy too. I'm a believer. So there's Landon Slaggart. I don't think I would pick him here. Um, you know who I might pick. So you know what? Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, Benjamin Baumgartner. He's in here somewhere. Uh, at least I think he is. I think I saw him scrolling by. There he is. Benjamin Baumgartner. Get the older guy. Bring him over to Toronto sooner than most other guys might be able to. Ba-bam. Uh, ben Baumgartner is a Toronto Maple Leaf. Or I guess a member of Team Scouting, as they call it. As as everyone seems to call it these days. Uh, what else? All right. Scroll all the way back up. So we have... How many... Okay, so I've got two back-to-back picks here. Um, so maybe I see if someone will trade with me. Carolina has two back-to-back picks as well. Carolina... One, yeah, that would do it. Uh, screw it. Let's go. Um... Yeah. Would this do it? No. 176. We're giving 176 up for two seventh round picks. Bazam. Um, okay. So what do we do here? Tutniev is available. I would think about Tutniev here. Kind of the polar opposite of, of, of Baumgartner. Just kind of let him develop. Uh, and I really like Tutniev. I think he's been playing fourth line minutes and you know what? Screw it. Let's take Tutniev. Um, I don't even need to look at my ranking list. I'm just going to take a risk on him. Uh, where did he go? There he is. Pavel Tutniev. Bam. Sim to my pick. Skip to my Lou. Uh, okay. What about, uh, 184? So, uh, Okay. You know, part of me wants to take the risk on Jan Bednar here. Uh, who else went off the board in between these picks? Ford, Fatul, Vickman, uh, Delegor, Gorgondier. Uh, Skotnikov maybe might be a guy. Okay, Holubna. Let's go with Thomas Holubna. He's pretty good. Uh, and especially for a sixth round pick. Bang, Thomas Holubna. Uh, here comes three picks and five. Um, maybe, okay, so there's no chance of that happening. Uh... What about, let's see if San Jose has an appetite for this. Uh, 203 for these two? No way. No way. All right, let's just, let's just, weird. Let's just go for it. Um, 
So we've got three picks here. Who do we want to do? Uh, oh, four picks, I guess, between now and the end of the draft. Let's go... Um, okay, let's go with Lukas Svikovsky. Uh, I'm a fan of his. I like his skill. And it's the seventh round. Uh, and this is my world. So there's that. Uh, sim to my pick. Okay, Shushin and Forsvial went. That's cool. Uh, let's go with... I mean, haven't taken a defenseman, I don't think. Let's take a look. Uh, I have Kanazko, but that's one defenseman. So let's let's see what defensemen are available. Uh, Yefremov, no, 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 no. Like, this is the thing. This draft is kind of light on defensemen, and if you just want to draft the best player available, uh, a lot of them might be forward. So Zivlock is there. I like Zivlock a lot. Ottavainen, okay. Victor Mancini, he's a righty. Uh, let's go with Victor Mancini. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, let's let's do that. Um, and since I want to put my money where my mouth is and say you take a goalie once a, once a year just to see and roll the dice, uh, you know what? Let's go with Jan Bednar. Ba-bam. Uh, and Sim to the second last pick of the draft. And let's take a fun one. Let's just see who's available uh, and have a fun one. Uh, all teams. So, oh. I got to see who was taken because that will help me work backwards. So Brady Burns would have been a nice one, but he went there. Uh, Josh Lawrence, if he's on this list. Cameron Berg is still available. Like, I'm pretty sure Cameron Berg is going to be drafted way before the seventh round. Excuse me, Josh Lawrence. Uh, Oscar Telstrom is still in here. I probably want to see another year of Telstrom. Zivlock, I like a lot. Um, this is tough. So, you know, like, Josh Lawrence would be an interesting bet because he's small, but he's legitimately talented and I think has the potential to be a player. But I just think that it's really risky. Cameron Berg, I've drafted a lot of forwards already, I guess, as well. Um, Zivlock would be a good pickup. Um, who else is available? Uh, da, 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 da. Lossie Lettinen is available. Okay. Um, this is important, guys. It's the second last pick of the draft. I'm just going to pick someone. Um, pick two defensemen so far. Not super thrilled about the selection of defensemen. And... Hmm. You know what? I'm going to err on the side of caution and wait on some European guys. Uh, let's go with Ivan Zivlock. Get two defensemen at the end of the draft. And Vili Odevainen is the last pick of the draft. So, what did we end up with here? Uh, okay. You know what? I'm pretty happy with that. If that's how things break for me on draft day, uh, I'm pretty thrilled. So, Gushin, Knazko, Schlein, uh, Baumgartner, Tutniev, Holubna... Svakovsky, Mancini, Bred, Bednar, and Zivlock. I mean, if I'm getting Svakovsky, Mancini, Bednar, and Zivlock in the seventh round, not bad. I would take that. I would take that and run. Oh, this is this 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 could be uh I don't know why that's cropped that way. Um, but Gushin is up here. Uh so Danny Gushin, perfectly happy with him in the second round. Samuel Knazko, I think he's a nice 
high upside guy that might not work out, but at 113, I'm happy to take him. Uh, Artem Schlain, really aggressive, hard-playing guy. Uh, really, really good skill as well. And in the uh, USHL games I saw, he looked pretty good. Ben Baumgartner, further along in his development, but I think he's legit. Uh, really smart playmaker, you know, good skill as well. Uh, Pavel Tutniev, pretty much the polar opposite of someone like Baumgartner. Extremely young um, good production considering he was mostly playing fourth line minutes. You know, some of the data I have on him that I've tracked, I haven't got a full set, but I will get to the full set for him. He's extremely talented in terms of the data that I've tracked. Uh, Holubna, again, plays against men already. I think that there's a lot of talent with Holubna. He's speedy. He's got good scoring instincts. Uh, and I think that there's a lot to like there and he's pretty young as well. Svakovsky, good skill. I think the point totals shroud the type of player that he is. Um, but I'm a fan of Shvikovsky. Mancini, good two-way defenseman, even though the numbers might not indicate it. Uh, I like his sort of skating ability. It's not great, but his play in transition is good. Uh, passing ability is solid. You know, maybe over time he becomes something even better. Bednar, he's a goalie, late, who knows. A lot of pedigree coming into the season. Some people thought he would be a first-round pick. Playing pro hockey against men, I don't really know. We'll see. And Zivlock is just a guy who my eyeballs have liked a lot. And I might have also thought about Josh Lawrence here, but I wasn't totally sure. Uh, someone asked about the top 10 in this simulated draft. Uh, Lafreniere, Byfield, makes sense. Stutzla, sure. Uh, Sens get Drysdale Rossi, which is nice. Who did the Sens actually end up with in this simulation? I know it's just a simulation, but this is kind of a fun website someone built. Um, okay, that's not so bad. Drysdale, Rossi, I wouldn't take Chromiak at 18, but, you know whatever uh Bortolo Colangelo eh. Simontoval at 50 is a good pickup Comeso at 53 is fine Mitchell Miller at 64 is good Farrell at 79 I think is a good pickup um Cernkovich at 95 I wouldn't do it um I don't know if I would do that uh Rhett Reinhardt don't know much about him uh Stanislav Rangiev at 185 would be a lot of fun he's got a lot of nice skill uh, the guy that I don't think I saw on that list that I would have looked at is Stepan Stashenko. I like him with Lada. He's Rangea's line mate. Uh, I like him a lot, but I didn't see him on that list. Um, so yeah, that's a it's a good that this is a kind of fun ex experiment to play around with. I did one earlier just to see how it worked and if it would work on the stream. Um, the top ten in this draft: Raymond went tenth, uh, Sanderson went eighth, Quinn went sixth immediately after Rossi. That's pretty wild. Um, Askarov went to the wild. Interesting. Um, Anton Lindell went all the way to 15th. Like, part of this is, I mean, Chromiak going above Amirov, I would quit. Uh, that would be very, very weird. Um, even though they're almost a year apart, but it would be kind of weird. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That was kind of fun. It was fun to do on camera live and all that stuff. It was, it was a good time. Marat going 30th. It breaks my heart. Um... Anyway, thank you very much. I think we're going to call it for tonight. That was a good time. Uh, Ladia showed up tonight, which is really nice. Uh, stay tuned for a report coming in two days. Uh, and there's going to be another one for patrons probably tomorrow. Uh, worst case scenario, it will be early Friday. Uh, so stay tuned for that. It's a good one. Filmed today, edited a rough edit today, and the effects go in tomorrow. And sometimes effects can take a while. Um, but anyway, thank you very much for joining me. This was lovely. Um, if you, you know, are new here, welcome. All the buttons below me are where you can sort of keep up with everything that's going on. 
Uh, and yeah, so stay tuned for the videos coming out. Uh, the data continues. All the visualizations, uh, I guess before I go, uh, they're starting to look a lot more complete. So let me just pull it up. Nope. That's my zoom. Um, this is starting to get quite complete now. Uh, so I'm going to do a bit of free advertising for myself. Uh, so if you want all the data that I'm tracking and have it organized in visualization form, uh, here's the percentages and the per 60 data, and you can sort of do it by percentile. So someone like, I don't know, uh, Alexander Holtz, you can see all this red stuff that might be bad, uh, all that stuff. And then, uh, you know, what I would call the comparator, which is just a giant, disgusting looking table of, of, of sheets, uh, where you can sort of just pick through some key points of interest and, and poke around. So if you're a patron, you get access to this. If you don't know how to get there, you can let me know. Um, but this has been also very useful for me in my own work to check the data that I'm tracking and evaluate them against other players. Cause doing it just with the spreadsheet can be kind of tough. Um, but yeah, there will be also an article coming for sort of an early final version of the final rankings I put out. Uh, so stay tuned for that probably next week. And, uh, I know people have asked about a tracking tutorial kind of thing and like how I do with the work that I do. I think I'm going to save that for the, you know, whether, whenever, whenever this either slows down or when the off season happens, uh, might do it then just because it might be, uh, a long process to put all that together. And I think I'm better served tracking data and making stuff like this. Um, and, uh, yeah. So anyway, thank you very much for joining me. This was a lovely time and I will